0: My mindset before this was all about me and Chad. What we wanted, I actually think this has shifted me a little bit to want to have them also involved in how we do it because I recognize how lucky I am to have them. I have so many friends who have lost people from COVID-19 specifically. And yeah, let's cherish our loved ones, however we do our weddings, whatever that means, whether that's Zoom, whether that's postponement, whether it's elopement with a party, whatever it is, like let them be be involved.
1: Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride to be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Bride to Have Been. I'm so excited for you all to meet Mercy Bell. What I love about Mercy and Chad's COVID wedding story is that their wedding planning journey is just beginning. These two got engaged in the midst of the pandemic. And while Mercy envisioned a short engagement, eloping somewhere far away, and then having a huge party when they returned, planning this vision has been put on hold. Although Mercy and Chad have been putting off wedding planning for now, their families are eager for them to tie the knot. Mercy, so lovely to meet you and welcome to Bride to a Ben. Oh, and thanks for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, yes. I can't believe, well, one, you got engaged two months ago at this point?
0: Yes, he chose a very good date so he will never (laughs) forget it. It is 10-15-20. Just add five, Chad. Just add five.
1: Just add five. (laughs) I love it. Okay, well, I do want to dive into all the details of, one, getting engaged, knowing the times that we are in, and then now trying to plan your wedding. But I like to start off every conversation first with how you two met. Oh, I love this story. Chad does not (laughs) love
0: this story. I love this story. Let's bring it all the way back, time machine, to like 20, I think it was 16, 17. I had a friend in town from London. Like, it was so posh. Like, we said, let's go to dinner. And she, like, looked up, like, the most exclusive restaurant possible. And she's, like, an absolute, just so stunning. She goes into the restaurant. Like, we get through the line. And then they have us wait at the bar. And it, like, takes a really long time. And I see across the room this unbelievably well-dressed man. Unbelievable. Like, yeah, this man was, this is not Chad, by the way.
1: Oh
0: Chad. yeah, And by the way, he's like a mutual best friend. So it's like, it's even more perfect. But I see this man across the room, periwinkle kind of blue suit, like three piece with the chain and the vest beard. So dapper, there's the word dapper and like San Francisco. So like I'm back on the East coast. So like, I'm just feeling like the West coast vibe from this guy. So I go over there feeling super confident, of course. And I just remember in hindsight, you know, like things that felt cool, like fashion's already changed again. It was like at the height of the jumper and like everything I owned was like a printed jumper. I was wearing a printed jumper. So I walk over to him and it's so funny. There were all these guys in that group. The guy with the suit ended up becoming a good friend, but the only one of those, the men in that kind of like click that didn't stand up when I walked over was Chad. And I remember exactly what he was wearing, exactly how he was sitting on that bar stool. Cause I couldn't believe he was still sitting. I'd gone over there to talk to them. You're all supposed to stand up. It's like the thing to do. But he just sat there and he looked at me with like, and this is who he is, with equanimity and serenity, as if I was just another person on the planet. There was no like, it's not even flirting. He just like was just looking at me like with total respect. And yeah. we were eye-level because I'm short and he's tall and the stool was so high. And I reached out my hand to him. And for some reason, I had decided he didn't stand up because, I don't know, he was international. I didn't know. Like I had said hello or I don't know. I made up a story. I said, hey, like (laughs) I'm Mercy, like super slow and weird and like just what the fuck. And so anyway, excuse my language. And I said to him, you know, I'm Mercy, stand up, dude. And he just looked at me and he said, hi, I'm chat. And I was like, oh, I can work with this. Yeah. He was like so uninterested. Anyway, so we became friends. I never got the sense he liked me. In fact, even on our first day, I didn't think he liked me, but it turned out he liked me. And yeah, like some people, I wear my heart kind of on my sleeve and he is so incredibly reserved without being cold. He's so warm and yet like completely lives with that almost like monk-like detachment to people, places, and things. And that's antithetical to how I live. And it's the thing I want the most. And it's the thing that I think bonds us is like, we are so different. I walk into a room and I'm trying to talk to everyone and he's there to observe. I want to go on a walk. He's like ready to sit down. Like we're very, very different, and I think that's what works. But it was not a clear path to an
1: engagement. It was definitely a clear path to friendship. Interesting. Okay, so you met him that night. Mm-hmm. Then what happened? Did you guys? Did he get your number that night? Or
0: girl, did no, them? I
1: didn't know my <laughs> number that night.
0: First of all, at the time, it's so funny too how the idea of what love was or what liking someone was to me it was like a grand show of affection. I needed that person to ask for my number in a big way. And then I needed to be sure through like extravagant gestures that they liked me. And with Chad, it was super quiet. He actually asked for the number of my friend to therefore then ask for mine. And then therefore really like gentle, soft, like subtle ways into getting to know each other. And it was never this like massive, it was all so subtle. I had never experienced subtle liking or subtle love. And he managed to do both. I didn't even realize until we were like two years into it. Oh, wow. Like we've really built a life together, like super quietly. We have like this dog and this home. I just thought when you really fell in love, it was supposed to be Big Bang. And with him, it was like this slow, really beautiful burn. Like we really built a life, but it was not overnight. And it was like almost without me knowing it. And I share that because I think there's a lot of romanticizing romance and like what love looks like. And my friends used to say, the way you talk about him, your voice gets really, it gets low. It gets like a little bit quiet. Are you into him? And I didn't have the mm-hmm. words for it back then, but it was like, I was grounded in how I felt about him that I didn't do the thing they were used to me doing. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, his three piece suit. Oh my gosh. like <laughs> We
1: just went to Belize. There was none of that. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like deep down, ooh, this feels different than anybody else. And it feels right. 100%. And, you know, like
0: any relationship that's like new, and even if it's good, it was so scary. It's like anything. Oh, yeah. there's none of the usual warning signs. And therefore that felt like a warning sign. It was like all that classic, mm-hmm. like running from what's good for us. And I, I try, girl. Yeah. I'm so amazed what we've built in three plus years because it's been a lot of deciding to stay, especially when it gets good. That's usually when I would mm-hmm. run.
1: Yeah. Interesting. It's funny. Like meeting Julian. I felt similarly. I was like, this is like too good to be true. And I was like, but this feels so right. That instinct that people always told me about, and I never understood what that felt like because I never had it before. And then the moment it happened, I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be with the right person.
0: Mm, Oh my gosh.
1: I don't know your story of how you've met. Here's what I know. It's so crazy. I have no
0: details, but every time he speaks of you, it's like as if someone turned the light on. He has a great smile. Yeah, you know, but it's like a different. It looks like he just met you and fell in love. It's just the whole face, like puppy dog. It's like the whole thing,
1: like the whole face changes. How did you? That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, great question. So we met at a boxing boot camp in San Francisco. It was a four week boot camp, five days a week at six a.m. Looking my best, you know, just hair up on the top of my head and workout clothes. <laughs> That's
0: neat.
1: yeah. It was lovely, but it wasn't love at first sight for him. Like he was in another relationship, actually. So I, of course, the moment he walked in, I was like, whoa, who's that guy? <laughs> and his smile, his smile got me from the jump for sure. But yeah, but he ended up, and just to be very clear, I was not a reason that he ended up single by the end of that boot camp. But when he, became single, then somehow, of course, I think he was maybe a little bit more open at that point because he was no longer in a relationship, but we just, small talk led to let's go watch a Warriors game. And it's honestly, the rest is history. We were hanging out ever since Memorial Day weekend, 2016. Wow. Yeah.
0: I love that. I love when it's like easy, kind of simple, not dramatic. Like it's, it's real. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that dramatic love stories aren't real. I'm actually just saying that the ones that aren't dramatic are often real. You know, like I would love to have met someone on the cliffs of Scotland after like my car broke down or whatever. Not that I've had fantasies of meeting my love of my life like (laughs) in such a state. (laughs) I really, you know, these romantic comedies make us or make me think I just really thought it had to be extreme Mm -hmm. in order for it to be real. And that's probably why I always thought I was going to elope was like, Mm -hmm. what's the most dramatic sort of like, statement of a marriage to me it's not the wedding with the family and the friends yeah like we went across the world and we've stood at the edge of the water like the most like sacred land of some place so i love it oh, i still want that i just want that still actually yeah. i still want that drama Ooh, wow i don't know if i'll get it i don't know if i'll get it the family's real committed to me
1: And I think
0: being, yeah, I think I think everyone wants to be a part of it. There aren't a lot of weddings in our either of our families. So it'll be nice to,
1: you know, be one. You're that person in the family. I had my sister ahead of me who got married about a little less than a year before me, and she had the wedding. And so I think, well, of course the pandemic happened. So there was that. But there wasn't as much pressure of having to please the family because my sister literally just had that big wedding for. My parents and my parents are pretty, honestly, they're very chill. So I don't think they would have cared either way, but they at least got that true big experience.
0: Totally. It's a tricky thing, right? I don't know that anyone in my family or Chad's family actually really is committed to the big wedding. It, mm-hmm. It's so interesting, right? The pandemic has just made us all like super hungry for connection. So yeah. I think what I'm sensing is everyone wants to be together and our wedding could be that. And it's more that pressure for me. Than I think actually from anyone else that's saying this might be the time to stick around. In any other circumstance, going far away feels right. And yet somehow in this moment where it, there's been so much isolation, like the right thing feels like sticking around. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I think that's like the journey I am on. And by the way, what's Jad's opinion on it? I don't know. <laughs> like,
1: literally I'm do <laughs> you get an opinion? <laughs>
0: you want to hear some crazy, crazy woo woo, like star shit. Okay. Listen to this. This is how i really met Chad. I gave you the sort of how I met him technically. Okay. The night before I met Chad, I had done an exercise. So I'd been single for a while for like over a year. And that's great. That's beautiful. Yeah. But I had decided I was like ready to meet the one. And I had sat down and done an exercise where they had, someone had asked me to write down who would I have to be Like what qualities would I need to meet the, like the love of my life? And so it was about like focusing on myself, but in the lens of, I want to be a partner to this person. And then I got to do all the qualities, preferably X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I met him the next day and it was like, he checked and ticked like all the boxes. And I definitely hadn't checked all the ones of mine of who I needed to be, but like it still worked out. Yeah. I am really someone who will never commit to a, an event like capital E, like I've never had a birthday party. I've had like dinners with friends. I'm sure as a kid, I did. Ever since, it sounds so strange and so disconnected. But when I was early teen, I lost my grandmother who was very close to, and that was like the heart of holidays. And ever since then, almost any celebration with family, I have always wanted to keep it small and light and casual because I feel in big events, I feel the loss. I really do. Ancestors, friends, people I've lost, I feel it. i deeply, deeply feel it in the big celebratory happy moments. I think that's what I was really running from. And the pandemic has now made me run back to look at. I have to acknowledge, I have a bit of a fear of like too much joy. Kind of like mm-hmm. think, like in that sweet spot where it's like, oh, it's nice. But a wedding is like such a middle finger to sadness and to small and like invisible living. To have mm-hmm. a wedding would be like being seen by a lot of people. So I make this list of who I want to marry. And I meet Chad the next day and he ticks the boxes. But then I do something else about a year in. I'm, I think this is it. I have this gut feeling. And what I decided to do is I made the list of all the people I wanted at our wedding. So even though I'd always said elope, I actually mm-hmm. started building this list and I would just keep working on it. And I've been working on it like casually without telling him, like a crazy woman That's without an engagement. Is he about to find out? I was like, is he about to find out on this podcast that you've had this list for like four I mean, years? Yeah, we found out <laughs> that and then like a month before we got engaged, I bought his last name. I, I don't know if I should say it on the podcast, but I bought basically the domain, the URL of my first name and his last name, which I wouldn't take, which is funny. But I, I did that another little like personal gesture of this is what I want. This is what I, I'm hoping for. Mm -hmm. All of this to say, I'm going to show, you don't need to see it on the notes, but what happened is, as I started to think about who I'd want to have at my wedding, it got really long, the list of people I love and I really care about and want to celebrate with. So in addition to being scared to plan my wedding, just genuinely scared of the feelings and the missing people who are no longer with me.
1: It's a lot of people. Yeah. How how do you cut this list down? I might need to do this in the pandemic. Let me tell you, it's hard. <laughs> we, we had a goal of 125 and then we invited 185, I think. It's really hard when you do go big or go home. But then when you have to cut, it actually became really easy. It was weird. Right. Right. Yeah. It was like, all right, if I had to f- pick 50 people, who are those? You know what I mean? And And of course, it's probably like close family and, and very close friends at that point that you're like, I've known you my entire life. You're, you're definitely coming, but yeah. Did it feel right? Was it like
0: easy in the sense that like you could identify those people were there a few people you're like, oh like right on the edge. If you'd gotten me a fucking birthday gift, like probably a <laughs> made it.
1: <laughs> yeah. There were definitely a few people where you're like, gosh, how do I fit you in that kind of feeling? Or My biggest concern was like, well, if I invite this person, then I feel like I have to invite that person because they're in the same group. Started to become this like chain effect. And then you're like, okay, I'm just not going to invite any of them. That was the journey I was starting to take when we had to cut the list down. And then of course, we just had to cut it all together and just do our immediate family at that point. But that actually made it really easy. I'm not going to lie. I'm loving (laughs) it. And yeah,
0: it's just what is this all about in the first place? It is a celebration of love. And like that can be so many things. But above all else, that's the love between two people. What a blessing to have people there to witness. But part of me does always come back to the elopement because it's the way I think about a wedding is it is a, it really is a bond between two individuals. Yeah. The magic comes from it being seen and acknowledged and affirmed, but it is truly between two people. That's how I hold it. So as you're talking, I always just do that flip-flop again, a great party with everyone, bring that list up, ratchet it up, and then just let the ceremony Mm -hmm. be between us.
1: What's interesting is that even before, and when you say that, is that before Julian and I had to cut everything down, I always got this anxiety around sharing my vows in front of a large audience. And I was like, this is supposed to be like an intimate moment for you and I. And and honestly, it's beautiful when people do it. And I I love being a part of everybody else's journey when they do it. But for me, there was something that I had this, we were at a wedding and I was like, Julian, I don't know if I want to do that in front of everybody. So we actually had agreed when we were before the pandemic that we were actually going to do our vows, just the two of us, just intimate, like in a, by ourselves, do a first look. And then when we went out and did a ceremony in front of everybody else, it was more of, okay, you can watch us say, I do, but it wasn't going to be deep and intimate. And so I feel like that's what you were almost pulling out of wanting from this elopement, it's like between the two of you in that intimate moment together. So I can relate to that.
0: So one, incredible. Two, didn't even know that was possible. I have another disadvantage here. I've only really been to one or two weddings, but what you're describing between you both is what an awesome, not compromise, right? Like you really get the both and you get to have your vows and have that special moment. And yeah, everyone still gets to see and celebrate. It's a total win. Yeah. Yeah. I like wish I could just go to weddings. Like I wish I, I don't know if just because all my friends are, no one's getting married. It feels like I just have this really cool, badass, like power chick, like group of friends. Everyone's a fucking doctor except for me. Like it's ridiculous. And so I'm just amazed that I have only been to, I've been invited to more, but I've been to three weddings since I graduated from college and it's not, and I've been invited to five. So maybe I'm just not getting invited, but the truth of it is growing up, no one, there were very few, there was one wedding in all of my family. So I just haven't seen a lot of ways it can be done. And I stay away from blogs. So, if anyone's listening out there, there's a hot, there's a hotline for brides to be. This is this is it. This is the hotline. This Literally, is okay. This is the hotline. Yeah, I need some advice. <laughs> Here we are. Seriously.
1: Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, GiftPod. As you know. Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music and packaged as a gift pod our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. All right. I do want to get more into like how you're envisioning now, given obviously, like it sounds like you're going back and forth between elopement or do I do a big wedding? But I do have another question before I dive in there. How did he propose? I'm so curious. Uh, it was very recent. So <laughs> he did good, girl. He did real good. Yes. Well done. I can't believe I was surprised like truly
0: surprised. I had been waiting. I was like hyper vigilant. I was like looking for this, okay? I was like looking for the signs and I missed it, which is so beautiful. Like he knows me well enough to surprise me. That's like really hard because I will ask a million questions. Like on the way to the restaurant, is this the moment? Is this the moment? Is this the moment? I didn't, I didn't have this pressure coming. I know. Poor thing. (laughs) He said that his friend had a free room up in Maine. There was like a hotel room. His friend who worked for like Marriott or something, there was some it was like some employee event or something. I can't even remember it. It was such a good constructed reason for us to go up to Maine for a night. And he just, it was in the mm-hmm. middle of the week. I was like exhausted. He was talking about it like we could take it or leave it. There was no signs that this was big for him. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Let's go for a night. I really haven't been to Maine. And Maine is only two hours from Boston, but it's like in a completely different world. I guess we get to Portland, which is like a beautiful city. And we, have a great dinner. It's like lobster. It's like nice lantern, lit streets and cobblestones and cute. It's cute, cute, cute. New England. <laughs> and yeah, we have dinner and we go to bed and wonderful day. And I wake up and I'm working on my computer. Says, let's take the dog for a walk before we roll out. Okay. And we roll up to this place called Fairy Island, which sounds romantic, but It's actually a very small island off the coast of Maine, and you have to get onto a very small, narrow bridge to get there. And the whole island is surrounded by almost like dunes or cliffs, with like crystal green waters, but you can't see it. When you come in through that little bridge, the first thing is a green dumpster, and the raccoons had gotten into it, and it was trash. It was like, look like trash Island. Okay. It was like, like literally like just like not very not (laughs) cute. And so even more sure that we're here to walk the dog because no one is going to bring me to a trash Island except to walk a dog. So, you know, we start walking, we leave the dumpster behind at some point the trees open up and it's as if I don't have many words for this one, but it's like, it was like truly like being on another planet. It didn't look like New England. The water was exceptionally clear. There's no clear water really in, in New England that's shallow like that. It was like mm-hmm. a green color. Okay. Now I'm starting to get the Spidey sense. That's <laughs> when my Spidey sense went off. The trees are gorgeous. It's like warm October sunlight. He asked if we want to go down to the shore. I go, sure. And we walk down and our dog is so cute. Nugget is a French bulldog at Hug the Nug. Follow him on Instagram. He has 600 followers. So momager. Stop it. (laughs) Not a big deal, but like I will make this dog a big deal. Okay. I I will find a way to skyrocket him to the Insta fame he deserves. All this to say, we get to the water and he pulls out like, we sit down, which is like another thing. Like this man actually just likes to sit. Now that I say it out loud, he's just a sitter. Okay. He sits down on (laughs) a big rock. We're looking out at this ocean and I sit down next to him and surely we're sitting, guess we're just sitting. He pulls out the ring box then. And what is in this ring box is I tell you, it's my perfect ring but it's also a ring whose setting I changed. Meaning when I was thinking about a ring and I was talking to my mom, who's like a Vegas level of showy, I told her I want it big and then got transferred through my mom. And she, of course, told Chad, make it big, yes. double pave, crazy halos, like magic. I was like literally blind. He pulls it out the box. I'm like, I'm like, lose my eyesight for a second. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I put it on my finger. It's gorgeous. It's also not me, the setting, because it's so opulent and so extravagant. And so the story of my proposal is that he proposed beautifully on the water. But the real story is that after this beautiful moment on Fairy Island and all these people from Maine walking by congratulating us with like coastal charm, like total New England fisher people being like, oh, congratulations. Kind of like they have Canadian accents a little bit. It's cute. And so after that, this man sees me at the ring and he goes, oh, that is a little bit not you, huh? no ego, no, like I picked this out. This is exactly how it has to be. And I go, yeah, you know, I think it's a, it's a bit more than I am. And like with such quiet, no drama, no like big thing, we went right back to the jeweler and they just changed the setting. And the jeweler said to me, he spent hours here with me. And this jeweler has been doing it for like, you know, it's a family business. They've been doing it for like hundreds of years, generations Mm back. He says, I've never seen a man spend this much time to think and consider what to give it's the story of the ring isn't the ring and it's not the water it's like the dignity and the like there's so much love he gives me that is so quiet and I don't always get it like from him I actually get it through the people around him who are telling me like here's what was involved Chad is like the most amazing human ever that's beautiful yeah he's great it was a great great proposal 10, 15, 20 and now we had a huge lobster roll after that and
1: all the lobster on this trip (laughs) i'm
0: I'm a seafood fanatic i miss san francisco but like nothing for me pacific ever touches the atlantic give me all the lobster like that's my jam so
1: good yeah it's pretty good well well done chad good job
0: he did so (laughs) good we already talked about it it is the oval shape for all of you listening who can't see my ring it is an oval shape and it's what do you call it when it has the the stones on the the thing
1: just like Pave? Oh no. gosh. I, I should, don't know. I don't know. I was the worst though. What's your style? What's your like, is there like a... I wanted, actually it was between oval and round. Julian actually is very in tune with this. So he was like, when my sister was getting engaged and her now husband was asking me for like my opinion, I was like, oh, I think she might want round. And Julian was the First one to step up and say, Tracy's hands are longer than yours. I think her hands will look really good with an oval setting. He goes, Your hands are shorter. I think yours will look better with a round setting. Like I was like, where is this coming from?
0: (laughs) I just feel like, I mean, and okay, I still feel this way about your husband. Okay. He is not too good to be true. He's so good to be true. Yeah. Like good (laughs) to be true. Like, I get that. I can only imagine like he probably learned everything about rings and oh yeah, all the homework. They're so So good. good. They're just good humans. Separate from the the romance of it, it's like good people doing good things. Yeah. I think an engagement says a lot about a
1: person, not the size or the shape of any of that stuff. It's just like the thoughtfulness. Totally. Like what's the thought behind it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you on that. I was blown away personally. Like he chose a date that was symbolic because 12 is his lucky number and seven is my lucky number. I'm like, I would never have thought of that. You know what I mean? That was like the level of detail he was going to. And I was like, oh, wow, that was very symbolic of you. Wait, did he have like a boxing glove involved? And then also did like, was it, did he like connect at all? Did he find a way to... Not boxing wise, but we love to match and we were wearing our matching PJ onesies. And then it was in the middle of the day when he did it too. It was like four o'clock and we wore the onesies all the way to then he took me to go glamping up in Russian River. What do I... Auto camp. Auto camp. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. And we wore our onesies all the way there. We wore it out to dinner that night. And it was funny because I think people just saw like, who are these people? And it was truly because we just really enjoyed being in our matching onesies and we're on a high of being engaged. So. And did <laughs> you know it was coming? Did you have a feeling? Clueless. Clueless. I was so clueless. I had said, mentioned this in my introduction that I just recorded and <laughs> I was so naive. He got me a jewelry box that was a travel jewelry box with my new initials on it but they're also his sister's initials and my first thought was why did you get me ebony's initials on this he's handing me a jewelry box <laughs> like
0: one so cute also very gullible or just like how did like that's
1: hilarious That is amazing. I, He he looked at me kind of like are you serious right now <laughs> I will say I have to protect myself in this one. I have to stand up for myself because maybe a year or two before that, I remember having a conversation about my initials of being EMS and he's, they're not EMS, they're EML. And I'm like, they're definitely not EML. Your sister's EML. I was like, but I'm EMS. So he already was like already thinking ahead, but it was like a year or two before that. So I think he, for me, I was like, oh, he's just having another moment of accidentally putting Lewis on on oh the
0: that is no. so hilarious. <laughs> the
1: funny thing is, I think everyone kind of knows
0: earlier than they think, and some are just more upfront, and some like it's top of mind or like back of the mind. But I feel like we all kind of like know. I think we get that feeling
1: earlier than we actually act on it. Totally, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so you guys have been engaged for two months ish. Yeah, I'm like, what date is it? A little over two months. Tell me a little bit about how you're. Your process is going while we're in the midst of this pandemic. Okay, the planning process
0: is—is is that what we're talking about? Like the planning? Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, like the,
1: the, the wedding planning. The reason I'm asking <laughs> is
0: because it's not happening. We're doing this really cute thing. We're like we have little routines, like Jeopardy, and I want matching onesies so bad. Now that we we've, <laughs> we've gone there, that should be one of, part of the the nightly routine. But we do this thing also where we go. We should talk about. The plan for the wedding, and we and I go, yeah, we should, and we, we like plan to plan on it. Like I'm a really big believer in setting dates because everything gets figured out, but without urgency or commitment, it just doesn't. So there's less than like I feel a pressure to come up with the plan. The pressure is to to really to try to create a date, but how do you do that in a pandemic? Mm-hmm. How do I choose a date in a pandemic? Like I don't know. Like I mean, I'm sure there's a way. Yeah, I literally just want all the vaccines. Please give me the vaccines. Like, if I had those in my hand, I'd be first of all, (laughs) I would be vaccinating everyone in in sight, and I would also like be able to set this like intention. So, in the absence of that, one thing we have talked about is choosing a date for us to get married, like formally, or like to actually do the act of marriage, like the government act, and then to allow a flexible date for a wedding, maybe. In Boston, maybe in like the mountains. We go back and forth in what we like. I love the idea of a winter wedding. He's all about the spring and summer. He thought about a pop-up wedding once. I'm really big on like giving people tons of time to fly in. So we'll figure out. We're very different. The more I think about it, the more unknowns. Every time I think I feel something, I think about the unknownness of do I have to have people wear masks? And I refuse. I mean, I don't refuse masks. I wear them all the time. I just ref- I just refuse to plan a big thing with masks.
1: It's almost, do you feel like if we have to wear masks, like we probably should not all be in this gathering of a large size?
0: Yeah, and it's even after it's like technically safe to not wear masks, but they're still like low risk. Like, yeah, exactly. Like mm-hmm. any world where there's mask consciousness, I don't like meaning like everyone or someone's thinking, should I be wearing one? It's probably not my time to have a wedding. That's how I feel yeah. in my heart. But also time's passing and I would love to have kids in the next few years. And I would love to I'm not super traditional. So maybe I wait to get married till I'm like, oh, I don't know. I would be gl- I would be glowing pregnant, but I don't know. It sounds a
1: lot of stress. You would be. It's very true. I have,
0: the- <laughs> <laughs> I, have the- I can see that too. Maybe. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone else in my family can, but <laughs> but are you feeling the heat of your family right now? I think I'm getting the sense that like I have an amazing soon-to-be mother-in-law and a wonderful mother who would both love grandkids if I just call a spade a spade. So I actually don't think Mm -hmm. that the real pressure is about the wedding. It's who doesn't want a grandbaby? My family, super small. It's me, my mom, and my brother. And my brother's had his amazing kid. My niece is the best. And I am now up on the I'm up on deck. Like it's time for me to go. It's time to, time to do the Your turn. My turn. (laughs) And I'm fine with that. I just, it's so funny how so much of the decisions we make are from not the pressure from other people, but there's so much desire and hope from other people that I feel and I want to act on. And I have to remember, I have to make decisions from me Mm -hmm. and from, I think, Chaz and (laughs) Yes, you too, Chad. You're involved as well. Honey, you're involved. You can be, you can be a part of this, I promise. The, the, the last thing I will say is, here's one wedding idea I've thought about.
1: Yes, lay it on us. So
0: my father was from the Bahamas. And people often ask me for like a fun fact, you know, or like two truths and a lie. And the one that always catches people is that my father's father was born in the 1880s. So people go, how is that possible? Well, my dad was like in his 60s when I was conceived. and his father is like older too. So there's this whole amazing... If you think about why that's important for a wedding, that means I have, let's say I have about eight aunts and uncles who have been, since had kids, who have since had kids, and have some have had since had kids. I have truly hundreds of cousins. I probably have a thousand person extended family in the Bahamas. Oh my gosh. And sometimes... And we're from this little island. Like I sometimes just imagine... That's an example of a place that might be where if I wait it out, I just take that little island and that becomes like a wedding. This is like my most crazy fantasy of combining the big wedding and the elopement is like to do a huge wedding in the Bahamas that is all of those lineages, like going all the way back to that. That's a huge family that I have on that yeah. side and inviting in my small family here in America and Chad's family, which is like of medium size. So just another idea I'm popping around in my head. Is there a way to do both? And is it okay to wait it out? And I think it is. I think I'm going to mm. wait it out. And now that we're talking in a in therapy land, which is what this feels <laughs> like, I think I want to wait. Yeah, I don't think I want to wait to get married, but I think I want to wait to have a wedding, which sounds really funny.
1: But I think that's like the interesting in like the silver lining of this. You can have almost like your little elopement that you initially envisioned. And then you're like, but I also want to have this thing with, my family in the Bahamas and Chad's family all together. You could also have your big one too. You could have whatever you want Uh, right now. That's like 2020 has allowed us to do like whatever you want. (laughs) Seriously,
0: I think silver lining is perfect. I don't think beautiful is too much because there's something about this year. The theme is do it your own way, like BK. Like literally everyone's figuring out they can work differently, have multiple. Like I've seen people do this entrepreneurship thing while they're working and then switch over and then hop over into this other thing and work on this side project. So I'm seeing it happen with work. Like, Why not with love? Why don't we like find these multiple ways or different unique ways? Because we can. This is a whole new world.
1: And it's so great. That's one thing I've told at least some friends during this process who have had to postpone. I was like, you can still just go get married. If you want to be married, go do it. Who cares? And you can still have a wedding one day that looks just like as if you were just really truly getting married for the first time Nobody's going to care, right? I had gone down that thought process, to be honest with you, at one point before we decided to just have the wedding and that's it. But I was like, well, we could just get married. What's stopping us from going to the courthouse? 100%.
0: It's funny how this is like the one big thing we celebrate like in love. I mean, I've been Mm -hmm. to amazing vows and renewal ceremonies. Literally, this was just a second wedding, but there's not a lot that we, we don't do this for the first baby, right? There isn't this massive, of all the things to celebrate, I've thought about like, maybe I just do do this small, (laughs) going back again, do a small (laughs) wedding. And then, oh man, if we are so lucky to welcome a child in this world in any which way, I don't care if that's a birth, an adoption, like Any which way Mm -hmm. a baby is welcomed into our life, I would 100,000% put that energy if I didn't have the wedding into celebrating that milestone. Mm -hmm. Because really, when we talk about commitment and we really talk about sacred beginnings, to me, that's very interesting. We don't do that one the same way. Maybe showers are fun, but it just doesn't have that. What do you call it? Everyone shows up for this. Like everyone shows up for the wedding. we could do that for our babies. They're so cute Yeah, I love that idea. Are we coming
1: up with a new celebration right now? I mean, we are and we'll have to name it. We're going to have to just coin this for sure. Trademark it and all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I feel so also, I feel very aware in this conversation of just like the privilege of these being my concerns. This is my challenge is how to best celebrate joy. Like really how to celebrate and have joy. That's it. That's all I'm really... Stressing out yeah. about. So, I think if I also just like stick and like staying just glad that this is one of my top concerns <laughs> going into 2021.
1: Yeah. What? I know. Do you feel like the pandemic has just shifted your priorities overall with the wedding planning? Imagine if this wasn't a pandemic and you got married on 10, 15, 2020. Do you think you'd have had a whole different mindset of going about getting married? Oh, definitely. A huge part of. The elopement was not recognizing
0: how important it actually is for me, if I'm honest, of having in some way family and friends around me. And the pandemic has shown me that like more than anything, it's that life is about the people around us. Even the event of the wedding is not as important as me recognizing today that I have all these people I love. And whether they're there at that event or not, I love them. And The preciousness of life, I don't know that I actually felt... I don't think I recognized, yeah, things like being grateful for the health of loved ones and wanting them so involved. Like I'm asking them what they want out of my wedding because I think partially what's happening is a wedding is just for these two people, but it's also... A gift to those around them like this event is a gift to the close people who are there and I want them involved in the planning I know that so not my mindset before this it was all about me and Chad what we wanted I actually think this has shifted me a little bit to want to have them also involved in how we do it because I recognize how lucky I am to have them I have so many friends who have lost people from COVID-19 specifically and yeah let's cherish our loved ones however we do our weddings whatever that means whether that's zoom whether that's postponement whether that's elopement with a party
1: whatever it is like let them be be involved. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's funny to ask you this question because I always ask this question at the very end because you're just putting the planning process on hold or it's been on hold for the last few months but have you found silver linings or value into what you were originally planning into what it's now going to be?
0: So the silver lining that I see is something that is probably just more about how I live and move through the world, which is I try to be really decisive, make strong, bold plans and moves. And this pandemic has thrown that on its like head. I actually am learning how to continuously change my mind and ask for feedback and suggestions and involve other people. I'm really starting to listen. I'm trying to be creative and patient. And there's so much patience required right now. So I don't know that the silver lining is in the planning, but in who I have to be to plan. I really have seen a shift in how I think about the future, how I like involve people in my plans for the future. It's I think it's probably the best thing that could have happened, even though it
1: doesn't always feel that way. That's great. And I appreciate you sharing that. I think this pandemic has allowed us to all kind of sit back and reevaluate who we are, what we value. So it's a really beautiful thing if you we had to find beauty in this well, mercy, this was so wonderful. And I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. i'm so this was
0: so, so much fun,
1: yay. I can't wait for everyone to hear your story. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to have Ben, and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to have Ben is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by NotaLab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides.